You're listening to The Brand Compass, conversations to navigate your way to building a brand fit for purpose and poised for success. Here's your host, Shelley Rosland. Hello there, my friend, and I'm back in your ears once again. Thank you for choosing to listen to this conversation today. I'm Shelley, your host on this conversational journey, and I'm quite excited to dig into this particular topic today. In my line of work, there are many nuances between things that anybody looking in from the outside may just not quite get. So sometimes my feathers get a little bit ruffled when concepts start to blur into each other. And if you know me at all, there are two places that I do not operate well in. One is in the dark and number two, that's in a space of gray. Now, we know that sometimes gray can be good, but in instances where this gray is just an indecisible hot mess of uninformed meh, it really rattles my cage. So in today's episode, I wanted to tackle two of the concepts that I feel like are blurring into one another. And that is community and membership. And to help me, I've asked a fellow marketeer who's incredibly well-versed in what community means for brands to come and help me out. So let me introduce him to you now. Mark Masters is a marketing consultant, content marketing agency owner, author, and speaker. He has created and built a community called You Are The Media, a marketing learning environment for micro and small businesses around the world. His consultancy and agency work is highly focused on helping his clients to become a trusted source in their industry through clearly articulating their purpose and value and creating content that is linked to that and sharing carefully crafted value-based messaging consistently. One of his specialisms is centered on building community. So Mark is married to Kate. They have two young ballet-loving daughters and they live in Beachy Pool in the south of England. Welcome, Mark. Thank you, Shelley. That was top intro. Someone who is listening that is not familiar. We've done we've done the important bit at the beginning. Let's get down to business. Let's jump into this good topic. I like this. Let's, I like this. Let's, let's do up. this. Let's do this. So let's start the promise, the easiest and baseline to probably start with is let's maybe talk about a bit of a definition. I'd be interested from your standpoint to get a bit of a definition around what community is and then possibly alongside that, what you would say membership is. Yeah. So let's kind of split this up. So yes. The, so there is, and this is a good point. The, this isn't talked about enough. But there are two separate sides and this difference between what is a community and what is membership. So let's get straight down to this. So a community is, is a group of people where there is this common understanding, where they feel a part of something. And sometimes it goes beyond. It doesn't necessarily need a paywall. You don't, may not need to pay to attend, but you feel a part of a wider space with other people. And it's where we are emotionally connected to each other. And that's what community represents. And membership, it also means that we're part of a group as well. But the majority of the content of what's there for us is, for the most part, is behind a paywall. And it grants us access. So it could be something like Netflix, where we pay this recurring fee a month, or it could be a chamber of commerce that we pay for membership. It could be the gym. So membership is something that we uh, we pay to have access, to help our learning, to be entertained, to develop. 
But the thing that binds both community and membership is it connects an audience together. It connects people together. So whether it is that we want to be fitter or whether it is we want to smile, whether it is we need to be there in a B2B space that's there to network, membership and community bring people together, but there are two very separate sides of the coin. How is that? How does that How does that start as a... Yeah, I think that's it's well. I think there's probably an extra nuance I would probably add in there a little bit when you were mentioning Netflix because I I was always going to say that you can have a community without a membership, but you can't have a membership without community. But by you raising that element about Netflix, I thought, okay, we need there's another nuance here that we need to think about, and that's subscription. Subscription-based models might not necessarily mean, like you say, bringing people together, because that might be a lot of one-to-one connections with a brand, with their customers, right? But I suppose when I kind of think of membership, I think of it alongside, like you were saying, within a B2B potential space, where you've almost created a curriculum and you've got a community that's brought together and they kind of go through that content and, and, and help each other out, if you like. Does that make sense? Like subscription is almost kind of a little bit without community. Does that does that make sense or Yeah, no, no, no. No, no, no. That's that's a great point that you pick up here is that one thing that it needs that we 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 get onto as we progress our conversation is one thing that it needs is people who buy in. And, yes. and that's what and that's what all this needs. And sometimes we forget that it's the people that we're serving and that's how and that's where it can absolutely sing and be beneficial to our businesses and our lives or sometimes it can just fall to the wayside so it is a real delicate balance of how we have how we look at this yeah and I, I actually heard another one yes another bit of a nuance yesterday I was listening to I've got one of these podcasts I really love listening to is uh, Just Branding with Jacob Casson and Matt Davies and they brought up the element of community versus audience because I think sometimes... Oh, this is good. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes people mix up this whole like, oh, I want to grow an audience versus I want to grow a yeah. community. What would you say the two diff- the two kind of like nuances are between those two? What do you think? This is... No, this is B because this is very relevant, relevant over the past few years. This is the way that I look at all this. So an audience is that word that we know that's been with us for many, many years where... Eyes are looking at someone or someone on the stage is looking at a group of people. Imagine that. So so an audience are the people that are in front of you. But a community is effectively that, that little row of people that were sitting near the back or those two rows there. And you take those two rows and you sit together outside and you talk and you discuss and you share views and you air together. That's how I look at the difference between audience and community. Audience are those people that subscribe and no audience are people that agree to receive something from us, whether that's a newsletter. But a community is when you look around and you can see that other people are with you. See, I'm I'm, I'm sounding animated as well, Shelley, for uh, audio effect. But that's how we look at the difference between audience and community. It depends what we want to take from it. Both are good. Both are great. And have their own but value. One both does have... involve, yes, more, more. <laughs> massively. It just depends how much time that we give to it. And the one thing that Jacob Casper is bringing up in the podcast is saying he sees community as multi-directional. So it's not just about you, kind of like with an audience. It's you sharing your knowledge almost in a one direction. You might start some dialogue, 
but within a community there, it's not you and you will like this because I feel like you're a shepherd, Mark. <laughs> I was trying to think, what's the best metaphor to describe how Mark works with his communities? And you can dig into this a little bit more, but I felt like actually what you are is a shepherd. And uh, what a shepherd does is hold the space for his sheep and is making sure that his sheep are always safe, that they, you know, they all have their own little purpose and value within where, you know, wherever they are within their own lives. But a shepherd is always looking out for the safety of and the comfort of their community. So I feel like you're Mark the Shepherd. <laughs> this is good. I'll take it. I'll take it because this is still business because it's still business. Oh, it's yes. just how we switch from what can we take from people to how we can do something together. And exactly. this, and I do, you know, we've had a tough couple of years. And so how, how we can yeah. all feel a part of something because it's very wobbly out there. And sometimes it does feel rewarded. It's great. And I appreciate you saying that. I take that. I take that as a compliment. That's really kind. Thank you. Well, it's, it's safety in numbers as well, isn't it? So that we aren't all feeling that alone. And actually we realize we aren't alone, especially when we're running micro businesses. A lot of them are one and two man operations. So I was just wondering, like, from your experience, because you actually do this now for businesses, you know, you really try and teach them how to articulate their value better for one, which any kind of branding strategist or marketeer will be trying to get their clients to do anyway. But what you're also trying to make them do is link that into their content and what they're putting out there and the people they're drawing to you. So, but what do you think are the top mistakes that people actually make when they're trying to evaluate the differences between trying to build a community and trying to build a membership yeah this is good so many right so the first thing i see is that and i have seen this examples of this over the years where somebody will say for instance we've built this really cool website and in this website we have lots of different spaces here and it's going to cost a thousand pounds for people to join in with but this is going to tell them how to do x but what happened is that they never had an audience in the first place. So many people start with a platform, not the transformation. So there has to be the value. Like anyone that comes into a space is, but what am I going to tell? What's in it for me? And just because an owner has spent lots of time creating, building, they want people to pay, they want people to come to get this great stuff. But there are the steps before that. That, that people have to invest in to make it work. So whether those steps could be building subscribers, whether it is a, a newsletter has been central to everything from my side since I started You Are The Media in 2013. But one of the biggest, so one of the right, biggest mistakes is this. We think about the platform, not the transformation that happens. Another thing as well, when we look at this thing of community and membership, is that we look at everyone as a transaction, we look at our audience as a way to take from, right? It's, it's, we, 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 we receive this every hour where the majority of the day we receive, we all receive emails we do not want to receive. But I understand why. That's because somebody wants to sell something to us and they say, and they think that we could be a worthy customer. But what if we flip that? What if it was about the other person, not about what you can take? So sometimes when we think, yeah, I'm going to build a membership, we're going to have this here and we're going to have these great masterminds happening and everything else. But sometimes before that is to build up trust, build up this sense of kinship and conversation with each other. So because so the, hot, the end goal is for someone to say, yeah, 
I feel safe here. This makes me feel welcome. I know that I'm seen. And it's how we start to think about the long term in what we in what we want to create for people to step on board with. Because we can easily take, we can put up a sign that says buy now, it's 50% off, but it doesn't mean to say that people will stay. How can I'm a big believer in how can we make these barbecues really good when people come to us? Someone's bringing the coleslaw, someone's bringing the bottles of beer, somebody's bringing the desserts. And when we do that, it feels more compelling for people to stay. I think also people kind of need to realize that the mem- a membership is actually a business model. And part of being a business model are there are steps exactly like you've just said in order to growing something that is successful as a membership and as a business model. It's not the same thing as building a community, but you can't, I f- still feel like you can't have a membership without having that community and potentially the step even before the community is getting that audience, isn't it? Yeah. And it is, yeah, what you're talking about here, Shelley, is nice because it's like a step-by-step way. So to start, what we just, let's go back five minutes. So where we start is we're looking to build that audience. So we have a space, a landing page that people leave their emails. So they're going to receive something from us. So over time, we see more people coming uh, coming on board and joining in. So a community means that there's a, a connection and a association yeah. between the people that are a part of something, the group. And then there's that, there's that next step to say, yeah, let's create this membership now where people, if there yeah. is a paywall, where the best work is saved for the right audience. That's all it did. It's creating the right work yeah. for the right audience. Sometimes membership may be, be we create our best work for the few not all. Yes, but it doesn't diminish the value that you're giving within your community already, like you say. And there needs to be a purpose to a community as well. I mean, I've seen too many mm. brands and businesses trying to create a community, but I also feel like there's always this disjoint of they still haven't defined their offer. So they think they're fantastic, but what they haven't done is actually try to listen to their community and to the audience. And I think that's what you do really well within your other media and within how you help your clients, I assume, because you you're, you are the media as a use case <laughs> uh, happening in mm. real life that you can actually show your clients that actually I'm doing what I'm telling you to do. Look, yeah. This is how I'm doing it, aren't you? I'm a, yeah, and I'm glad you picked that because I do believe in that because sometimes it's easy just to say that we've read Simon Sinek start with why yes. and come out with the, what books are telling us. So a lot of what I've done, here we go. Listen, a lot of what I've done has failed over the years. The majority of things I've done, Shelley, has failed. But that's this ability. I only see now, this is by keeping with something. This ability to document and share with people. It's just as important to share the moments that do not work as you want them to be, as you want them alongside the successes. So this ability to share in front of people, then it gives you the confidence when you're talking with people, if they're looking to, for instance, imagine if somebody stepped forward and said, I want to to do a paid event. How can I go about it? And so you're almost getting this scrapbook out now to say, look, it works like this. Because then that becomes easier for people to commit and come on board as well. When I say commit and come on board, it all starts with a newsletter on this side. But it's, it's so important that we, we have to put in the work. And I do believe this as well. So when we talk about building community as well, is that it is important to show these battle scars that we go through. 
because I, you realize that this becomes the differentiator for us over the years. And we're talking about, we talk about the personal brand and we talk about how we need to bring ourselves. But it's these experiences that we gain and this ability to experiment that no one else can do. And that is a big thing that I believe in because that is what makes us all different. And that makes it easier for people to say, yeah, this feels normal. This feels okay. Mm -hmm. But I think it's important for us. I don't know, because I just feel, I feel like there's a lot of, I hate the terminology, but I've brought it up in another episode of the toxic positivity situation. And I think that it's- Tell me more. Well, it's just, you know, like exactly like you say, you need to balance the good with the bad and you actually do need to share your battle scars. You do need to, and us as marketeers, we know everything we got to do, we got to test, you know, test, fail, adjust, learn, move on, evolve. And for me, a lot of the stuff is I try not to get really frustrated. <laughs> like I had to cancel my whole week of being sick is because actually things happen for a reason. And potentially I wasn't in the right space to have that conversation or do that piece of work. But I will be a better form of myself in the future because I've had to readjust and I've had to reschedule. And we almost have to do that when we're testing products and things like that as well. But the toxic mm. positivity is like every day is sunny. I'm so fantastic. I take all these, you know, holidays abroad. I do all of this. I do all of that. I'm so wonderful. Look, you can be like me too. You know, that kind of, that kind of thing as well as actually people, I think resonate more and, and what you've done really well as, as well within your community building is just actually just try to get back to being like the base human when you are sharing, when you are documenting to go, even as a business owner, I don't get it right a hundred percent of the time. I will crumble, yeah. <laughs> crumble like a cookie where I've let somebody down and I just feel horrendous because I can't get it right 100% of the time. But what I can do is go back and clean it up. Hey, this is good. This is good. This, okay. I just, want to, I just want to pick up it as well. You said something really interesting. This is, this is, this is what conversations are all about, Shelley. Yeah. You just said something really important there. So the most part, we're sharing the successes, aren't we? The look at this that, that resulted in 100,000 people. Look at this six-figure month I've just had, the greatest quarter I've ever had. Because many of us want to reveal the successes, whereas most of us forget the path it takes to get there. So I'm all about this path it takes to get there. So you, the media, has been pushing this car up a hill, right? And it's been really hard. And it's do you been wanna, really do you difficult. Just share, do you want to just share the journey through the pandemic? Because I think it, it what was really good is yeah, that you made right. some really big executive decisions, right? I know I didn't necessarily plan to talk to this about, but I think it's important for people nice to, to hear oh, well. it. Will you, will you share the closing of the Facebook group? Yeah. The, go for it. Yeah. So everything is... This, everything that we're talking about here is, is how we're constantly chipping away. We're always changing. We talk about niche markets, but we're, we're always changing. So where we were in the pandemic, uh, just before the, when that pandemic started, uh, at the uh, spring 2020. So we just start, we just launched events in another city in Bristol. We just had the You of the Media conference about to happen. So things were, things were looking good. People had already booked and then, and then it all, everything fell apart. So when I say fell apart, the events that were happening didn't. We started to do workshops, live workshops, in-person workshops that didn't happen. So it made us, made you think and pivot quickly. So we could have put our head in the sand, but we thought, no, well, let's find a way where we're all stuck indoors to create a show. And we created on Zoom a show called You Are The Media Online. 
And that opened up the world. So that meant that we could reach out to guests from around the world. But alongside guests, we would also, we had a section called winning, where somebody would share the joy that happened in their lives that they weren't used to, seeing the son or a daughter learn to ride a bike, give your partner a really nice haircut, or, or all these little bits of joy in our lives that, that opened up the world. So it, it, so now where we are today is very much, you the media is very much about how, how as small businesses we can be self-sufficient. So we do not need to wholly rely on social media spaces, how we can build, how we can nurture, and coming back to the topic of this show, how we can bring people together so they enjoy the whole process. So that's what that's where we are today. So we dusted ourselves down, cracked, got on with it, realized that the world is a big place. So let's bring the world to us. And that that's what we do. And bringing good speakers and people like that to where we live down here at the seaside. But also... You had some, like, uh, without getting into, like, you know, because sometimes people are like, yeah, but what? Like, what? I mean, you literally deleted your database by mistake. And you deleted your Facebook group on purpose. That was a decision you made in order to move to a, you know, that's a a technological change. I think we've all got to be thinking about in terms of our communities. Like, that must have hurt. I mean, building up. I mean, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I would like to think I would dust myself off and go, you know what? It was meant to happen. Uh, so we built the database. So it was around 3,000 people, subscribers. So I always clean the database. So when I was cleaning the database, I was using MailChimp at the time. I, I obviously must have ticked a wrong box. So instead of deleting a particular field, I deleted the entire database. The thing is... We are, as business owners, we are accountable to the databases. You cannot go into MailChimp and say, can you just go back to where I was 45 minutes ago? And just to, no, you're responsible for this audience. I'm responsible for this audience. Big thing it taught me was that it taught us about our true audience. Those people that will show up, those people that will open. In, in it was it was absolute chaos at the time. It was awful. You, I was seeing this these numbers drop from three thousand, two thousand, seven hundred and fifty, one thousand nine hundred and twenty nine, four hundred and eight, fifty nine, zero, and it just happened within a matter of seconds. I, I and I built it and I built it all up and we built it all up from scratch again. But there were people that were still there, and that's the joy. When we talk about community, back to the topic of this. Will people miss you if you're gone? And that's the true litmus test of community. Will people miss you if you even if you say, I'm done, I can't be bothered with this anymore? Will people miss you? And I think the other thing you, uh, you say quite nicely and articulate well within the community is how can you make, how can make, how, how can you make you part of somebody else's routine and that really stuck with me because trying to explain to people even like if they want to start a podcast show or they want to start blogging regularly or like you do email as as your hero content you need to know that it's for the long term and you need to be consistent in order to build that loyalty you know and to keep you know to keep in front of people so I think you do that really well, Mark. Thank you. It's not about our routine. It's about someone else's routine as well. Exactly. Too much emphasis is on us as business owners that we need to be creative. I need to do, I need to get my email out. I need to do my podcast. I need to get this out on this day. Sometimes it, we create, we instill that routine in someone else. So someone to listen to this show thinks, great, I know Shelley's here on this day with this show. Or when there's a newsletter that's been, that you send, you keep to that particular time and that, that unwritten appointment that you have in someone else's diary in their life. 
Yes. Yes. I like this. And yes. I like this show. No, and I think, and, I, and you do it really well. And the thing I like about you, Mark, is that you are testing. There's, there's so many subject matter experts out there that have become so detached from their subject. They think they're still specialists. And this is what I want to get across for listeners today is that for me, subject matter experts always have to have one hand in the practicality still because you can't continuously be that specialist in that subject unless you know how the people are feeling on the ground because the world has shaken that, you know, things have changed so dramatically in our world. I mean, this brings me on to a bit about, and I know you've had Mark Schaefer mm. on in the community, you know, with his his um, new book. I haven't got to read it yet. I need to read it. But he talks a lot about this, about belonging to the brand. But I think what I want is Mark Masters's point of view around what do you think the biggest things that brands actually have to wake up to now in this post-pandemic world? And is that related to community? Yeah, it is. Let's keep this specific. So the big thing for companies to think about and where we're heading now is, and I'm seeing this as well, is that influence, genuine influence comes from the collective voice. So it's not about looking over our shoulders and seeing people with bigger audiences, bigger reach, those who can shout the loudest. The opportunity for businesses is this ability to bring people together where it's that collective voice that has clout. Let me just prove this to you. So there was a survey in 2022, a company called the Keller Advisory Group. And they they highlighted that the most trusted sources for advice that are out there, so they're not influencers, they're everyday people. And the four most powerful sources are friends, our family and co-workers, the ratings and reviews that we read, and also online communities. And this is my big thing where we're going. This is what I'm looking at now. This is what's piquing my interest. Mark talks about it in the book, but, but very briefly. It's all around, can the community become the market? And we have software as a service, SaaS, but this is around community mm. as a service. Nice. So it makes me think, can this access to a group of people be yes. seen as this marketable product? And it's, and that's what community is. You bring people together. The majority of businesses get it wrong because the majority of businesses want to mm. push something, want to sell something to us. Mm. Whereas over time, can this collective voice have clout and power that is seen outside our own circle? So people think this community is powerful. Beautiful. Love it. Community as service. Love it, love it, love it. So, Mark, when you went self-employed, mm. was that 2007? Was it? I was trying to work back on your oh, LinkedIn I love all profile. this. I listen, yeah. going back, name-dropping my wife. I've never been on the podcast and someone kindly names my wife. Yes, because you are a I human. love this. It's like, it's like some crystal ball. It's like some crystal ball. It's like, I, I've had a look, Mark. My crystals tell me. Excuse me, my love. 2007 was when you started your business. Yes, yes it was. Okay, good. So what I want you to, and that was actually the same year that I went self-employed as well. So what I was just wondering, oh, wow. and, I call, and I call it jumping the employment ship because it literally feels like you're jumping into the high seas because you, you know, at best you have an idea of something you're going to do, but at worst 90% of us have no plan and no idea because we're pushed into becoming self-employed. I'd like to know what your experience was when you went self-employed. And also, if you can mix into that, what would hmm. today's Mark 
say, to 2007's yeah. mark to maybe give him a little bit of an easier journey? Yeah, that's a really good one. And when I started, like many of us do when we're starting our businesses, is that we pamper to others and we're there to please and we're there to say yes because we we need the bills to be paid. But one thing I realized, my biggest piece of advice that when we're starting out, it's not about you just do it, just go for it. It's, it's nothing to do with that. It's this acknowledgement that no one's ever going to pick us. No one is ever going to choose you. So you have to choose yourself. For instance, no one's ever going to put you to stand up and talk in front of that audience. No one is ever going to talk to you for that lunchtime event to, to share your experience. And I decided that throughout my life, Shelley, I was never picked. Yeah, I was never chosen to be a part of anything else. And it was only in my adult life and with businesses that I thought, no, I'm going to choose myself. If, for instance, if, if I wanted to talk on that stage, I made an event, I created a conference. It's almost like we're no different than being back at school. Then when we choose ourselves and we make these spaces, over time we start to choose our friends to come on board and play with us and join in. And that's what community is about. Because over time, people can see what you're doing. And so eventually you start picking the people that you want to play with you. And then you can create this space that becomes so much fun where people can learn together that can, and can be active, that can give us so much happiness and put us in such a, an amazing place and fortunate place because it's available to us. So we can jump in and the media is in front of us, but we can turn it and tune it and not to pamper to others as well. We just need to pick ourselves over and over again. Oh, God, you almost made me cry. <laughs> I'm crying. <laughs> because Let's I talked to my it. No, I worked cry. No, because then I'm going to start coughing. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. It's okay. But you know what I mean? We do. We start. And we have to fit and mold a version of ourselves. We have to be business-like. We have to be seen as prim and proper. We have to deliver in a particular way. And now what we're seeing is the robots can do that for us. Chat GBT can do that for us. Yeah. It's never been more important to bring ourselves to the table. But sometimes we have to say, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this and I'm going to come back to this and I'm going to sit down and I'm going to work at it hard every single week. I think it makes you really brave, Mark, because I feel like I feel a little bit of that because I try and teach my daughter that. She's 13 and she's had a big struggle with secondary school. I've been trying to explain to her the difference between having to belong to something just to belong, as opposed to you choosing, mm. you deciding, you picking your friends, you pick where you spend your energy and your time. And I'm trying to do the same in my next iteration of my business of, actually, I want to do good. I want to do good work and I want to do it for good people. And I actually want to choose who those people are. I don't want them necessarily to choose me. Mm. I want to pick who those people are so that they're my golden nuggets that I'm going to enjoy spending that time See? with. That's important because we realize that work, we realize that work and life isn't so different as well. As you very well did very well in picking up at the very beginning as well, I have two daughters. So exactly that. They're two young daughters, nine and 10. And it's exactly that. It's going to be difficult for them as they get older and the choices that we have to make, which is why as well, this importance to lead from the front and to say, look, this was all right. It's not about fitting in at the end of the day. And that's exactly the same in business and in life. 
We just want to be happy at the end of the day and spend it with the people that we love. It just means to say that when we can build a community, we can hang out with people that we enjoy as well. It's a good thing. It's still business. This is not, by the way, a little quick caveat into this, yeah. everybody, yeah. is that this is not an altruistic way of living life. It isn't. No. It's also how we can build, how we can grow, our, we can grow our businesses as well. So that's that is also there's also a serious message to all this. Yeah, there is a way to do good business and be good people and work with good people. You know and still have good business <laughs> underpinning all of that as well. I've really enjoyed this, Mark. I feel like we could record many more episodes and, and dig into this topic, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring it to a close before I burst into tears. <laughs> um, but particularly, I think what's really in, uh, interesting and important for people is this cross-section between a brand and community, and the show is all about how your brand meets the humans that you serve, right? So unfortunately we need to bring it to the close but if anybody wanted to find out about your other media or find out about you where's the best place for them to do that yeah listen the best place to start is why not get the thursday morning (laughs) newsletter i get on my bike and i travel around the world on my little news on my little newspaper round so come to youarethemedia.co.uk and at the bottom of the page there's a little box to leave your email there and um, i'll even send you a little personal video as well i promise you it is not me with a automated dear friend I send videos to people. Why do I do this? Why do I put myself out? It takes up so much time. No, actually, so much fun. Leave your name and and get the email, uh, the newsletter every Thursday morning. And I'll pop the link in the in the show notes as well, so it's a quick reference for everybody as well. Thank you so much, Thank Mark, you, for Shelley. joining me and sharing your journey and your energy as always. I really can't wait to see you at the end of April. Anybody listening? Mark has got his creator date. In uh, in pool, so I'm, I'm going down. I can't wait, so I can actually give you a, an actual hug. <laughs> um, We're gonna do it. We did it, Shelley. <laughs> we are. We are. Your enthusiasm and community genius are really a pleasure to have in my world. Thank you very much, Mark. And that's it for this episode, folks. Thank you so much for joining us. Did that help you to see the fundamental differences between building a community and designing a membership? Are you intrigued as to how you can craft and build a loyal, valuable community for your brand? I love the connection that Mark has made between you having to articulate your own value and then learn how to express that consistently to draw the right people to you. People who will be part of your long-term community and identify you as their source of authority on a subject, a true leading subject matter expert. So who do you know who could do with hearing this conversation and Mark's insights? Share this episode. Go on, you know you want to. Until next time, stay strong, believe you have value and make good brand decisions. Thank you for listening to The Brand Compass. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to share it with your entrepreneurial friends and help them make good brand decisions. Until next time, let's keep the conversation going at shellyrosland.com.